Hi everyone, welcome to the B2B Sales Podcast. I'm Thibaut. And I'm Ara. Every week, we interview thought leaders, experts, and top performers in B2B sales. During 30 to 45 minutes, we will deep dive into topics like modern prospection, pipeline management tactics, or innovative sales tools to help you navigate the complex world of B2B sales. We're on a mission to change the way society sees sales. This profession is one of the most rewarding ever, yet many people are afraid to do sales or they choose this career by default. This podcast is brought to you by Sales Labs. If you want to know more about our sales training and coaching programs, go to www.saleslabs.io. I repeat, www.saleslabs.io. So get ready for your dose of sales wisdom and enjoy the show. Welcome everyone uh, to this new episode of the B2B Sales Podcast. So today we're going to talk about outreach sequences with uh, Jeff Swan, who's the founder at uh, RevUp Sales. So Jeff, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me, Thibault. I'm really excited to have a chat with you this morning. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. And I'm really excited for the holidays, really excited to see, um, well, to actually bring in 2021. I think it's going to be an ama amazing year for outbound sales. So uh, yeah, I'm like chomping at the bit here. Okay. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. And uh, um, yeah, as you said, outbound sales is always great. So I think it's uh, it's going to be a good year. So before we dive in uh, today, as I said, we're going to talk about the do's and don'ts of uh, outreach sequences. Um, can you tell us a bit more about you and your background? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm Jeff. I'm a 15-year sales and marketing veteran who loves to geek out on all things email, cold calling, sequences, and tech. Um, of course, marketing as well. Mm -hmm. um, so in straddling both sides of the revenue team, my entire career, I discovered this intense passion for sales development because it allowed me to use creativity and continuous optimization to generate ridiculous amount of pipelines for companies where, you know, growth is life, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so this led me to start uh, RevUp where we turn SDRs, AEs and startup founders into prospecting machines um, through data messaging tools and support. Okay. Okay. I would, yeah, I think it's, uh, I'm, you know, 15 years sales development veteran and tech geek, you said, I think it's, uh, it's pretty cool. So, um, do you have some kind of maybe tools you could talk about that were there 15 years ago and, you know, you could compare it to now, actually, do you have some, uh, some kind of, uh, of things yeah. to say about around that? No, you have, that's a great question, Thibaut. Um, so funny enough, my first kind of marketing job, I guess you can say out of, uh, out of university. Um, I took over, a, 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 email marketing team for a finance company as about 600 billion, 600 million dollars in revenue a year. And so I actually used a tool. What was it called? I can't remember what the tool was called, but it was an email marketing tool. And this was when it was kind of brand new almost. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I remember sending out hundreds of thousands, millions of emails a day that literally made or break broke the profitability of the company. Um, but what was interesting, how cool this was, Thibaut, was that we could track opens and click rates. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. It was revolutionary. <laughs> yeah. And what, and what about now? So I guess we can still do that. But uh, it's fun because we can't do much more. Actually, we cannot do much more in email now. You just like emails, no one reads them anymore. They end up in the spam filter. And so it's uh, what our other tools are, are in there now. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's a great, a great point, Timo, is that um, when you look at like, 
so I use for my outbound prospecting, I use my, I use outreach right now. And the reason outreach is that it doesn't necessarily just rely on email. Like it, it leverages email. You can use automations, but you can also highly personalize your outreach. You can, you know, it, it, it helps you easily batch your manual touches like LinkedIn and, you know, phone calls, that kind of thing. It also does a little bit of cool um, engagement around um, if somebody, let's say, for example, you send an email that does make it through the inbox and somebody opens it five times, it'll automatically pop up on your tasks that, hey, you should call this guy because this guy is really adamant about your, your email, right? So what I really like now about the tools is that they're kind of becoming wise of, of what you described as like challenges with email marketing right now. Um, and so we're, we're finding creative ways to track, um, you know, to um, incorporate those manual and those automated touches to have just a consistent flow of great quality, high quality touches, mm -hmm. right, for sales. But then also, um, if I don't know if you've heard, but just recently Outreach announced that they're adjusting how they even track the success of sequences. So they're mm -hmm. looking at intent, you know, what's the intent of responses and that kind of stuff, because like you say, like opens, clicks, um, even reply rates aren't necessarily indicators that you're moving the needle further in the outbound process. Yeah. process. Okay. Okay. I see. Um, and so talking about sequences, do you have maybe a, a good, like a, a sequence structure? So what's the good anatomy of a, of a sequence? Yeah, that's a great question. Thank you. Um, so before we even write sequences or create sequences for, um, we follow a, a five-step framework is, is so, and, and I'm talking pre-call research, I'm talking mm -hmm. just really understand the pain points, the value statements that, um, you know, your customer understands. It, if, if you don't do this step, this know your customer step, unfortunately, the, re the rest of the steps don't necessarily land that well. And if they do, it's really out of luck more than anything. So from there, it's know your customer, align your process and your sequence to the buyer journey. So if you think about the four stages of the buyer journey, you've got like awareness, consideration, decision, and action, right? So if you really think about those and how people actually end up discovering the problems that they have and then discovering solutions and, you know, starting to evaluate, um, then you can align your sequence around that discovery process as opposed to just sitting there and trying to, you know, blatantly pitch. Mm -hmm. um, so once you've established that, you want to craft uh, thoughtful, relevant, and human messaging. And I, I know we're, we're on audio here, so I can't really underline it, but uh, the, the human approach is, is, the, is the approach that works these days. So it's really important to craft messaging that doesn't sound robotic or jargony or stuff like that. Um, and then what you want to do is you want to optimize for your specific goals. Mm -hmm. So as we mentioned about the response rates, clicks and all that stuff, um, if, if your goal is to book meetings, then don't optimize for response rates, right? Mm -hmm. Optimize yeah. for book meetings, okay? Scale what works. So this is where tools like outreach come in, where you're able to quickly batch a lot of calls and, and emails and all these other things, mm -hmm. even if you are doing 100% manual, right? Yeah. So it just allows you to scale that process. So once we've established that and we have a good framework for before we even get into the messaging and, and whatever else, what you want to do is actually um, tell your story over a series of touches. So instead of, you, you've probably seen it before, one prospect uh, is, is running an SDR team for a um, what is now a unicorn. Um, and uh, 
one of her SDRs would used to send what our prospects would call a terrifying email. So this is an email, um, you know, eight, 200 words long, had like multiple different things, links and, and all this other stuff, just, just this verbal diarrhea on, on the page. Yeah. And, and so what we found is being brief, telling one message per, per touch. Mm-hmm. So one clear, you know, what you want them to learn, what you want them to think, what you want them to do very clearly on one path, um, creative messaging. So this, inc- this includes like what you're saying and how you're saying it and what tools you use. Right. I'm sure you've, you've seen it in your world, Thibaut, is that people are really loving the, the animated GIFs, um, video, like, you know, LinkedIn voice drops and all these different things to be creative because just text based emails, like you said, go straight to the spam filter or they're just ignored. Right. Yeah. And then what you want to do is also um, we've been finding that, um, you know, the big ask of, you know, a, can I have 30 minutes on your calendar? you know, even asking for a calendar invite in your first couple messages um, tends to not work anymore. So we find that a small ask um, is a lot more effective, you know, five, 10 minutes if you're asking for a call or even getting somebody to agree to a concept that you're bringing to them that maybe they haven't thought about before or haven't thought about your way. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, Yeah, no, I think, I think it's great. Uh, And uh, of, you know, often is, I mean, when I started prospecting, I was also sending these terrifying emails, as you said, yeah. um, because you think people are just going to be able to pick whatever they they want. Or, or, or I think, you know, it's just like you need to have one simple goal, either get an answer or get a meeting booked. And so for me, I'm always um, in favor of getting an answer. That For me, that's that's the goal of cold outreach, getting an answer. And when you get an answer, maybe it's a yes, maybe it's a no, or maybe it's a maybe and you have to kind of then show you're a human. So the sequence... Uh, for me, it's like, go get the answer. Then you go, you know, you, you go manually, let's say, and then you try do some uh, push, uh, push, pull, do some, a bit of teasing and then get people to, to take the call. I, th- I think it's uh, it, but you know, what's important is um, you talked about Ida, I think slow at the attention, like the uh, decision the or, you know, like interest, exactly decision action, yeah. um, mm-hmm. which, which is crazy because it's a very, it's a very old and well-known concept in marketing. People yeah. use it a lot in marketing, but in B2B sales, we're just like, we just seem to have no understanding of how people make decisions, buying decisions. And yeah. so I think it's great that uh, you focus on that. Um, Thank you. <laughs> yeah. On the other end, you know what's a, a bad outreach sequence? Like, do you have an example of that? Yeah. So um, I'll give you just some examples that I've seen from, um, I, I don't know if you're familiar, but I, I run a biweekly event called Sequence Practice, where I actually get outbound sales experts to come in and tear down sequences. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we've seen a lot that tend to not work and, and are consistent on the people that get, you know, a 1% or lower response rate are things like really heavy. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you, even though you might be selling to a scientist, you don't necessarily need to use sciencey words. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, if you're talking like a human being, it gets a lot, uh, it gets across a lot more uh, eloquently, right? Like if I'm talking to you like a friend, like me and you are talking right now, I'm not sitting here using acronyms and all these fancy words. Yeah. We're just saying, yeah, let's get people to respond. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, if it's all about you, so if I'm pitching to you and I'm trying to get on your podcast as an example, and I'm talking about, hey, I'm Jeff Swan, I'm 15 year vet, I'm the best and blah, blah, blah. Like who cares? You'd be like, yeah. delete. Exactly. <laughs> you know? If I make it about you and, and what I like about your podcast 
and above on we genuine ability to connect as people as humans mm -hmm. and then maybe that turns into business right yeah um another one we talked about the terrifying messages but um there's also the the tone so again i kind of broached on it a little bit is that when it's all about that like when you feel like somebody is sitting there reading a script against a wall um you can tell that with an email yeah. With a cold call, you can tell when somebody is just trying to pitch and they don't necessarily know um, how to have a real casual conversation with somebody that comes across really bad. Um, I mentioned previously that asking for, you know, like a 30 minute call in your first touch, um, those tend to not really work anymore. Yeah. They, they just I mean, they do for some companies, some people. And like, again, I just want to be clear that what I'm talking about is the majority and there are exceptions to this rule. Mm -hmm. So if any of your listeners are sitting there going like, Hey man, it works for me, power to you. But <laughs> we've been seeing it time and time again, that the, the big ask the 30 minute call or more just don't, doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Right. Okay. okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's uh it's, it's very, the thing is for me, for example, on my website, I have like a, a division for cold, warm and hot leads. Actually, I'm yeah. always surprised because even big companies, like you go to any kind of SaaS, you have one call to action is request a demo, which is something for very qualified leads, which is like around less than 1% of your traffic. Like 99%, yeah. 97% are just people who don't know about what you're doing or you know not mm -hmm. interested in just anything else in education. And often, you know, it's the same in cold outreach. We go and we ask for huge commitment upfront where it's a huge effort and people are just not interested in that. And so um, we all know how it is to be, to end up in a demo and be like demoed something that we just don't want to hear about. And so I think it's really important in the, in the cold outreach sequence to just, you know, be super short, uh, be clear, talk about the problem. So uh, uh, I really love prospecting with actually problems and challenges instead of like anything else. And yeah. then getting people curious about that. Because I, I found that showing problems is a great way to show that you understand the, the business of the person you're talking to. And then it's it's much better uh, of a conversation, actually. Yeah, I, like 100% plus one on that one, Tibo. <laughs> <laughs> problem, a problem-oriented conversation stimulates conversation. Uh, yeah. solution oriented conversation is it makes your prospect feel like it's a sales pitch. Yeah, exactly. And, and who wants to be sold to not even the heads of sales at a salesperson company want to be sold to. Exactly. You know? Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and so, so regarding sequences, you talked about outbound mostly, do you also build sequences for inbound? If, if that's the case, what are, let's say the, the concrete differences you see in between these two types of uh, sequences? Yeah, we absolutely do. Um, and so when you're looking at an inbound versus an outbound sequence, what typically happens if your you know, demand generation process, your funnels are set up properly, is that when you get an inbound lead, it's typically with a, a specific intent. So as you mentioned, it might be request a demo. It might be we downloaded a white paper or we signed up for a webinar. And so there's several different avenues to actually getting into your funnel through inbound, right? So what we, what I typically like to do is I have one kind of core sequence that is my value. So this is me building value to anyone that comes across my way. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's going to be consistent, whether it's outbound or inbound, but the way that you get there is different, whether it's with whichever channel it comes from. So what I like to do is almost have like a two-step sequence 
where the first step is, okay, you went to this webinar, here's the recording, here's some key touch points from, you know, things we learned from this webinar that I think will be helpful. And then kind of on that track of the specific subject, right? And then, you know, after a certain level of engagement, I'll put them in the outbound sales sequence now, where every lead becomes an outbound lead, where mm -hmm. I'm trying to get them to engage in a, a sales conversation, okay. right? With outbound now, it's just everyone starts from that, like, I'm trying to engage in the sales conversation. Okay. Okay, mm -hmm. I see. And so in terms of touch points, like the quantity of touch points, do you have any kind of uh, indication how many touch points you should have and what should be the, the days in between, basically? Yeah, well, it, and it and again, this does vary based on the customer, your, you know, the, and all these things, even your capabilities as a team to execute the steps. But um, I've always found the most success with with something in the range of like, let's say 12 to 16 touches over a three week period. Mm -hmm. um, those have been my most successful sequences. Um, when I go heavier than that, you know, like more touches or even longer periods, it tends to just um, by the end of your sequence, you either get, you've already burned through most of them mm -hmm. or you've kind of just, you're just not getting the right response rate to justify the extra touches or you're actually just straight up pissing people off and, yeah. and inspiring spam complaints and unsubscribes, mm -hmm. right? So I find that 12 to 16 touches is great, um, including, I like to include probably half cold calls, you know, like maybe not cold calls, whatever you want to call it, but calls. And then the rest are email and social touches. Mm -hmm. And, and so, and, and that varies again, like based on the channels that work for your customer, that kind of stuff. Okay. And talking mm -hmm. about, about channels, do you have any, any kind of like top list of channel you use? So you talked about phone, email, socials. Do you have any other channel you use? You know, channels are a funny thing. I like to say I'm channel agnostic. Um, a lot of people think because I'm a sales sequence guy that uh, I really love email, but it just so happens to be one of the tools that I use. Mm -hmm. um, I, I really like being creative. Like I really like um, incorporating direct mail, incorporating door to door if you can, mm -hmm. you know, like just all of the different things that, that you need to do to get your prospects attention and be where they are, yeah. right? So like I have found even... <laughs> Half of the prospects that I've got in this year have been from attending events mm -hmm. that were hosted by some other awesome company and just sitting at a round table and talking about people, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. or like sitting on a Slack channel. Like I'm, I'm a co-head of the outbound club at Rev Genius, which is a new, but powerhouse uh, community. And um, I've discovered so many people, not just prospects or anything like that, but like just people to connect with and learn and grow together. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, it's just opening up a world of possibilities when, when you really think about how you're getting your business, go be where your customers are, live where they live, talk how they talk. And the channel will, in my opinion, the channel kind of comes up naturally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think you said something very interesting about um, uh, using other, uh, can let's say company, uh, can be competitors, can be partners, but other marketing budgets to get uh, outbound sequences. So one thing I love doing is, um, for me, it's super easy because I work in sales also and sales, sales training, basically. And uh, there's so much content about that. But it's the same for HR, cybersecurity, marketing solution, whatever. You have companies that are spending millions in marketing to generate webinars and generate leads. And if you join there, you can actually poach their audience. So uh, you can, you can, for example, someone liking a post about, I don't know, something on LinkedIn, you have like 100, 200, sometimes like thousands of people liking a post, 
acquire into your ideal customer profile. And then what you can do is, uh, you know, simply use this post as a trigger to get in touch. Say, see you like this thing. Uh, if you're into it, I have some tips about that. I found this works really great for me. I, I did a, a, a test once um, with a, so someone posted about Kubernetes, which is like a, I don't know, whatever technology, something like that. So super techie crowd, not in sales. I sent 10 invitations to people there talking about mentioning that. And I got eight who accepted and three who answered immediately after the, uh, you know, first message. And so that's, you know, often that's what I encourage people to do is just like go grab the low hanging fruits and, you know, just take the effort of all the, the other companies, competitors or whatever, and use that for you. And I think it's yeah. a great way to to get some uh, answers. Piggybacking, right? Like yeah. piggybacking. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, and it that 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 is such a good tactic, and it is something that works so well these days. Um, even even last night, as an example, um, we had a whole bunch of people to our roundtable, and it's I wasn't pitching them or anything like that, but it's more about just the power of that type of networking. Is that you know, on that call, it was an hour long call. There's only about 20 of us on there. Mm -hmm. And then during that call, about six of them already added me on LinkedIn. And then I added the rest of them. Mm -hmm. And then we've engaged in conversation since last night. So this was a yeah. five o'clock my time. Right now it's 7.30 my time in the morning. Mm -hmm. And so like within that time, I've connected with 20 people, you know, sorry, yeah. 10 people because there were 10 yeah. I knew. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like we, it was just such a fast, quick turnaround to actually mm -hmm. engage in somebody and have a real meaningful conversation that I ended up booking meetings with. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, that's that, that's the thing. And often people just like, uh, often, you know, like SDRs will be junior people and they often just like see one type of tactic and they use just this one, but they mm. they kind of, they don't really know or they're exploring other other ones. And I think what you said is great. You, you build rapport and, um, and, and, and you know, you just find relevance and that's why then you're going to get some meetings then you're going to get some introductions. That's just like, for me, that's just how you do, like you build relationships. It's just, you know, you find commonalities and then you, 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 you book the meeting and just see how you can help each other. Totally, totally. And, and I, I should make a comment too, is that the reason a lot of those reps, especially when they're younger, I, I'm sure you've seen a ton of them um, in, in, in your process there. Um, in your sales training, sorry, is that um, a lot of times SDRs are just executing what they're told to do because mm -hmm. they're told based on this is what has always worked. So here's this process to do yeah. it, right? And the, the challenge now that I'm finding because of sales engagement tools that I mentioned, like whatever else, is that a lot of people are letting the tools dictate their process, mm -hmm. right? So like I said, I'm channel agnostic, but I use outreach, <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. But like a lot of people who use outreach think, okay, well, because I'm investing hundreds of dollars per, per user a month in this tool, I have to make email work. I have to make phone yeah. work, right? Yeah. Um, and so it, they, they kind of get stuck in that. So what I find works really well is that approach is just being creative, you know, mm -hmm. having the autonomy to be able to actually find a success formula for you and even for your company that may not have existed before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And one thing is, um, I think also is, is the, the, for me, I, I really love outreach and, and sales loft and all these kind of, you know, this competing solution of, of sales, uh, sales enablement and sales engagement. Mm -hmm. One, one thing I find is a problem is they are, um, they are very expensive solutions are not very expensive, but like they, they cost a lot of money per seat. If you think about it, like it's 80 to hundred bucks a seat. And when mm -hmm. you have a team, it just like goes really fast. And mm -hmm. so because it's expensive, 
uh, often people think it's going to solve everything for them. So you have companies that are that have 10, 15 reps, but the thing is, these things allow you to cadence, sequence, uh, but they just don't replace the content in there. And they, their value, I think, mostly relies in the fact that if you have a big sales organization, you can understand what's going on, you can get some data and then make decisions, informed decisions. It's not about, the. it's not like revolutionary technology in there that makes everything like crazy, it's just really this whole solution and it's a great tool to use and that's why it's so valuable. But, you know, individually, it's not going to change change much. It just helps and give capacity. That's what it says. It's like enablement. So you have yeah. to get the the you know like the reflection and do things right to make yeah. it work. And I think that's why often people say, okay, I'm going to put this thing and it's going to be amazing. And they see the results are not like that because the content is not that great. Totally, hundred percent. Because yeah, if you scale broken processes, guess what you're going to get. <laughs> yeah bro broken scale processes <laughs> exactly yeah. you're just gonna get it more and faster yeah, and yeah. <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> exactly um so do you have an example of like, the, like, like what's the worst sequence you've ever seen do you have some kind of uh of notable like sequence you worked on where you're like okay that's just horrible yeah so i'm gonna be fair to the people that submit reviews for me because mm -hmm. I don't want to dog them. And I'm just going to yeah. say I've written the worst sequence ever. Okay. <laughs> okay. And I did this intentionally. I actually called it the worst sequence ever. Okay. So what I did was I started out with a terrifying email at first. So this big, long thing, literally all about me, sent them a link, a bunch of links and all these other things. And then I followed up with a pitch uh, of just like, I help X with Y mm -hmm. dot, dot, dot again. And then finally at the third step, I came clean and said, hey, sorry for sending you this. I just had to make a point. <laughs> this is what you're seeing everywhere. Um, and I'll tell you that that worst sequence ever got significant uh, response and positive engagement that okay. led to some really solid relationships. Um, but, uh, but no, really to, 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 tell, to tell you the truth, um, the worst sequence I've ever seen was literally just like pitch 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 just all about the the sender mm -hmm. bullets everywhere just seemed to have no rhyme or reason and just seemed to just keep replacing the same the first email with a slightly different email with slightly different bullet points and it just had it just didn't seem to tell me anything at all mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> you know I'm, I'm actually curious what um how about you what have you seen what the worst sequence ever so i mean it's uh um often i mean i i receive like a lot of uh, a cold pitch you know um on linkedin or email and um the first one was like something like hi erin i'm like i'm not named erin first <laughs> that can happen you know i don't know and then no. just like talking i didn't even read and so for me that that's that's uh i, I get sent this kind of thing very often where you get like an email and then there's a huge block and you see a link. So for me, immediately, I'm just like, I discard it because I yeah. know it's a gold outreach thing. Um, and for me, one thing that I really hate is when people put like a, a, a Calendly or HubSpot or whatever link mm -hmm. to book a thing to their meetings. The thing mm -hmm. is, 
uh, that's great to simplify to simplify the job, but you need to ask people for that. And that's the thing I found is just asking something is, is really helpful. For example, a lot of people are bitching about automation on LinkedIn and saying, okay, automation sucks, blah, 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 blah. And then they say, okay, I'm a genius. I found, I'm, I put an emoji in the first name, so I will detect automation. First of all, you won't detect people who know how to use automation properly. Um, and the thing is, automation is all about um, sending something that's relevant for me, I, I'm, I'm actually I come clear about that. I use a lot of automation, and uh, I find it, you know, it's just I use it because it replaces the manual work, but it doesn't replace the, uh, let's say, targeting the right people and asking the right question. For example, I talk about one. I say, hey, I just built a sequence uh, with this percent. I mean, this answer rate, whatever. Are you interested in grabbing it? That's that's the only automation I do. When and people, most people in say, oh yeah, I'd be interested. Then I send it. And so right. when you do that. It's just super simple because then you're not like, hey, download the sequence here, whatever. I just ask. And, and that's what, you know, one thing I found is important. But often it's just people thinking that they will just pound the same message over and over, thinking yeah. that at some point it's going to pass. And uh, for me, I'm very, the thing is, I'm super strict. If I receive two emails from you where you're trying to, to send me something, I move you to spam directly, I report you, and I just like blacklist your, your, your email uh, domain. And so I think it's, uh, I'm, I'm super strict on that because I just like, for me, it's just completely ignoring how people buy and how yep. they make connections. And I yep. think it's just really terrible. You're, you're a, a good email crusader, Thibaut. Is <laughs> you, yeah. you want to make sure that people learn their lesson and learn it fast, right? Like, yeah. um, in, in, it's funny because one of, the, one of my motivations for starting the company RevUp was that I, I hear that sales is a dirty word. Um, and it's because of things like that, you know, yeah. over pitching, not, not understanding how people buy and like, um, just trying to pitch like crazy through automation. And what I find, what's interesting is that there's two things that I see out there is that one is that, um, there's, I don't know about if it was COVID or something, but just the, the sheer amount, the volume of people out there pitching this concept of like, you know, set it and forget it, automate your mm -hmm. funnel, like all yeah. that stuff. Um, I personally don't believe in that. Clearly, you don't believe in that. But this is something that founders believe, right? Mm -hmm. Like founders of companies, sales leads, even marketing leads. And, and, and they, um, unfortunately, they really buy into this concept that you can do nothing, you can let a program do your work for you, and then just, you know, be a millionaire. Um, and unfortunately, that just, it's just not the truth, right? Yeah. Like, good quality outreach requires the manual touch. Um, you said something really great there was about the, um, you know, making sure the right people on your, are, are on your list, making sure it's relevant. Mm -hmm. And you can't do that if you're automating everything because, yeah. you know, the, the list size you have to generate, just think about it practically, the list size you have to generate to actually get meet your numbers with 1% response rate. Um, just think of how the quality of that list, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, like, be, yeah. It's so low, right? Yeah. How can you get, I've seen when you're really truly optimizing your list and, and focusing on a set segment that you do well with, right? That your solution works well with and you can really solve their problems. Typically those list sizes aren't really that big mm -hmm. and certainly not big enough to do a thousand emails a day. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's you know, I think it's it's super important to, to understand the, yeah, how, how people buy the psychology behind that. And it's not because you're not directly with them in person that it doesn't work. I mean, I have an example, something that really I found very interesting. Um, 
I went to the to the airport last last week. So when I came back from Mexico, and we mm. went to a to to restaurant before the flight to get some wings, basically. So it was yeah. super nice, and uh, just like was, people were really kind, and 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 so one thing that is very interesting is at the end of the lunch of the of the dinner, um, when they brought us the check, they also brought like uh, they showed us something I didn't understand before. My my fiance told me, but they showed us like a small um, I don't know like hydroalcoholic gel or whatever thing, and they were saying, hey, you can buy it for whatever you want, uh, and then you know it's gonna go for a charity or whatever. And so then I was like, this is super smart because if you go and you start by saying, hey, buy this charity, whatever, most people are like, no. But then we had a great time. We had great time speaking with the waiters and, and we were just like full, happy, whatever. And then came yeah. the upsell. And I was like, that makes so much sense because it's it's a simple thing. That's that's really the right way to position it. And I think it's thinking about how people buy, how people like make decisions is super important. And it's yeah. always... Don't come with your big ask upfront. You have to earn it. You have to to really work to get it. And then once someone made the decision, that's when you can go and get some additional ask. And uh, and I think it's important to have that in emails too. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And and that speaks to the concept of like making that minor commitment, right? Mm -hmm. Like each touch, each step in your process should get you a little bit further to that yes mode, right? Yeah. Like in your story, you were full, maybe had a drink or two. You know, you're feeling happy. Yeah. Yeah. That's the best time to pitch somebody when they're yeah. totally happy and they're totally happy with yeah. you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing is why I would say if you have the chance, go to Mexico to understand mm-hmm. how people buy and how, you know, in restaurants, they are simply amazing at selling you stuff that you yeah. didn't intend to have because they, they just, you know, you're happy and they know when to push at the right time. So if you have a chance, just go to Mexico because it's a great place for that. And it's open. They don't do quarantine. So everyone can. Right, go. right, right. <laughs> hey, and that's, you know, that's a direct flight from my airport. That's eight minutes yeah. that way. Yeah. Then just <laughs> close this call and go right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm off. <laughs> cool. Good. So I think, I think we're, you know, for me, I don't have additional questions. So I just want to. Uh, give you like the the mic to talk about anything you want to talk about and uh, yeah pitch anything you want to pitch you you've earned it awesome no thank you Tibo I really appreciate that um, so uh, you and I have spent the the last half hour or so um, talking about sequences and what I really want to do is make sure that everybody is out there at the very least thinking about their approach and whether it is the right approach for their business and their target audience um, so what I'd like to encourage people to do is go, go to red90.com and fill out the form or click on the bottom of the page that says get started. Because what I want to do is get your sequences that we can review. And we have three options to review them. One, we host our biweekly event sequence practice where you might get the chance to get your sequence reviewed live on the air Mm -hmm. by experts from Salesforce, outreach and more. Um, The second is we could actually do a one-on-one review with one of those experts where we're actually literally rewriting your sequence for you Mm -hmm. or uh, well, actually let's just go with that. Those two things. Cause I think that's something that uh, I think will make a huge impact on the sales world. And uh, like I said, half of it's for free. So I think it's worth taking a look. So that's revup90.com and just click on the button at the top of the page, get started. Okay. I'll put the, the link in the show notes. And if people want to get in touch with you, ask you questions, where can they find you? 
Yeah, so they can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, my my kind of URL or whatever is Jeff's 18. In fact, if you want to look at any of the social networks, look up Jeff's 18, you'll find me. <laughs> okay, perfect. Yeah. So I'll also put the, the link there um, so people can get, get in touch with you. So Jeff, Thank you. thanks a lot for coming on the show. That was really insightful uh, mm -hmm. and, and tactical. So thanks a lot and uh, talk soon. Yeah, thanks for having me, Thibault. Talk to you later. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you like what you hear, you can actually go for a small gift on my website. It's www.saleslabs.io slash ULOS. I repeat, www.saleslabs.io slash ULOS. It's my ultimate LinkedIn outreach sequence. You'll be able to download it, directly use it, and you'll be signed up for the newsletter. And every Thursday, you'll receive the latest episode. 